You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. All right, Molly Brown is here, America's favorite host. He doesn't want to jam to this banger. Mickey, Mickey Rory. Mickey, what is that? Uh, I've mixed Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler. Hey, this is this is ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And that was a horrible Broadcasting take. live from the right. Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. We're finally going to get to it. (laughs) I've been promising it for, mm, I don't know, five segments. However long this show's been going since the first segment. We talked about Hard Knocks. We're going to talk about Green Bay Packers training camp finally. Molly Brown and Chris Orr rolling on with you on a Thursday on Rutledge and Hamilton. We'll be back again tomorrow. But yes, today we are six (laughs) days away from Green Bay Packers training camp. Like I said, it's coming up. One of the best times of the year. The summer is difficult because there's no sports. Yes, it's the best time of the year. We already established that in Mm -hmm. the state of Wisconsin. But Mm -hmm. there's no sports going on. I mean, baseball. Are you a baseball fan? Nah. Me either. I like... uh, Go Brewers. Yeah, I'm not a baseball fan. Combat sports. Go watch Earl Spence beat Bud Crawford, man. July 29th. Is that UFC? I don't know. No, it's boxing. Oh, okay, boxing. It's boxing. Chris, I've been talking about this all day since he got in the Yeah, man. <laughs> Earl Spence, the Soto boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Three belts. He got three belts. He's about to be undisputed. We're not getting derailed to talk about boxing. No, we're not. I'm sorry. We're not. I'm, I'm not that big of a Let's boxing fan. Uh, but I do want to talk close. about the Green Bay Packers <laughs> training camp and what is all going on. So it's six days away. They kick off on July 26th up mm-hmm. at Lambo Dream Drive, all of the great things. You mm. apparently can't ride a bike? No. If I was if I was a Green Bay Packer, I'd have to get on like a tricycle or something. Or I'd just like help a kid like bike down or something. Wait, a tricycle? That's, wait, is that training wheels? No, it's just, it's three wheels. It's the big wheels. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, I get on a tricycle. Yeah, I get on a tricycle. I kind of want, like, a big tricycle. Because you can't ride a bike. I mean, it's just better. I feel like it's just better. It's better than a bike. You got more stability. Sure. Make better sure. turns. I don't have to prop on one leg when I'm waiting. Come on now. Think about it. Tricycle. I'm waiting. I just <laughs> take my feet off. Here. I just take my feet off. Chill. You don't even need to take your Might feet be off. A better, yeah, you don't really need to. <laughs> Might be the better uh, mechanism of transportation. Oh, boy. Just saying. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, I don't know, training camp, like I said, is just one of the best times of the year. Like, mm-hmm. I, as a fan, I'm so excited, you mm-hmm. know? I'm, yeah, it's like, okay, the first three days is going to be like that initial excitement and then it's kind of like, okay, like when's the season starting, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it is fun to go up there. It's fun to go see the Dream Drive. It's fun to go in and see Jordan Love, especially this year. Like, look mm-hmm. at all the things that there is. But what? Is it Dream Drive? That's the that's the biking stuff, right? Yes. Oh, okay. And okay. American Family Insurance does like a, yes, like the Dream Drive where they bike from essentially like the locker room at Lambeau right. or whatever it is, this little like out 
I think it's the locker room, right? Like the yeah, players all come out to the, uh, to the practice field. field. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But I want to know, as a player, mm-hmm. what does this time of the year feel like for you? Like when you were getting ready with the Panthers, mm-hmm. and like your practices were just going to kick off. What does it feel like? Oh, it's the same. It's the same excitement. It's the same excitement. You've been working. You've been training, like, realistically, you've been training since February for this for this moment, even though you had, like, OTAs and stuff, which, you know, you got a little fixing or whatever, and then you had a month and a half or a couple of months to train again. Uh, you're excited to use the tools that you've gained this offseason, whether you put some weight on, got stronger. You're always trying to get bigger, stronger, faster, whatever the case is. So you're excited to use that and put it to use within your scheme. You know, maybe you got some new coaches and you're excited to play in their scheme offensively or defensively, whatever the case is. Uh, the only thing that you might be a little might be a little nerve wracking, uh, depending on what team you're with, is the conditioning test. Because some teams' conditioning tests are, man, it's crazy. Like. Like you're running like a thousand, two thousand yards in like one sitting, and you got to, it's all timed. Like, you know, some people have like 20 50s, and it's, you got a certain time to make each one. And you got 30 second rest between each one, or you got a whole bunch of like 150 yard shuttles, or 200 yard shuttles, 300 yard shuttles. So you might be, you might be a little nervous about that just because that's not like, you don't necessarily like train for that. You don't train. It's supposed to be used as like a baseline, just to show like, okay, this guy's in good enough shape, and you know, not only like his his heart, like, but also like your your hamstrings can hold up, your quads can hold up. Like, that's that's kind of a reason for it as well. Like, if I can stress your body this much, and you don't pull your hamstring or tweak your hip flexor or quad, whatever the case is, then you're ready to go through this long grueling season. But on the flip side of that, it's like you kind of put me at risk of getting injured mm-hmm. because you just laid this big day on me. So, because I know a lot of organizations don't do it. Like, I don't, I don't know if Green Bay does it. They might not have a conditioning what? test. Mm, I don't know. So that's the only thing that you might be a little anxious about. But outside of that, yeah, it's the same excitement level. Everybody's excited, you know, to play ball again. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think that one of the cool. Have you ever been up to training camp in Green Bay? No, you've never mm-hmm. gone like as a not fan in Green or Bay. anything. Okay. Mm-mm. So, I don't know how many other places do it. I've only mm-hmm. gone to... Oh, boy. I'm trying to think. I think I went to the Buccaneers when I was a kid. Ooh. Yeah. And then that was my dad's part of the vacation that he got to take Ooh. us there. Super Bowl? The, like Super Bowl year? Or like a little after it or something? Well, I was seven. So, seven. 2004? Oh, that's like a couple years after right the Super Bowl. Right around there? Yeah. Because yeah. they won in like 02, I think. Okay. I think. Or, yeah, something like that. Um, so I went there, don't really remember it, but mm-hmm. I remember like players signing stuff. It's like really all I remember. And yeah. then I've been to Green Bay, obviously, and then the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. So they're all kind of like different experiences. Yeah, for sure. But at Green Bay, one of the biggest things you can count on is that it's going to be completely full. Like mm-hmm. if you don't get into the bleachers that they have, it's going to be packed. Like, Dang. yeah, you got to get there early, all the things. And like, there is a lot that you get to see. Right. But... I thought it was interesting. Jason Wilde uh, discussed how essentially Mark Murphy, the Green Bay Packers president, Mm -hmm. has like, I don't know if it's necessarily his call, but the limitation of access for fans, even though it is a fan-owned team. And I think that this exchange is really interesting. 
Maybe. This all started as a conversation. I don't want to be long-winded, but that's kind of my signature. Um, the off-season practices, the OTAs and the minicamp, were closed to fans. We had five open practices, but it used to be that if it was open to us, it was open to them. And this led to a conversation with Tausch and me on the show. And I want to be clear, like, my grandparents had season tickets at State Fair Park in the 40s. I sat behind home plate as a kid at home games in Milwaukee. So I, I may be a reporter, but I understand some of the fan history, okay? But it led to a conversation. We had a bunch of fans who chimed in, and I feel like our show does have some value to you guys of knowing what fans are thinking. Mm-hmm. And it was pointed out that there's no more draft party, no more fan fest, the off-season practices are closed, there's fewer and fewer training camp practices, there is a practice in Cincinnati, um, I'm just wondering, so much of what this organization is is based on being owned by the fans and being owned by the community. And, yes, you have the Hall of Fame, and, yes, you have tours. But is this a balancing act for you guys to figure out ways to keep your fans engaged or feeling like they have more of an investment than just, I buy my jerseys at the team store and at the team, I bought my stock. Like, I'm just wondering, because there were a lot of fans who kind of, took the off-season practices and extrapolated it out to it's just one of many things that we don't get to see anymore. And I'm just wondering if this is something you guys think about or talk about and if that is a concern. Well, we do think about it and talk about it. Um, you know, I think it's, well, first of all, the pandemic probably led sure. to a number of changes. And then I think people got used to, you know, having certain things a certain way. Um, the fan fest that's something quite honestly that turned into uh, was really more people seeking autographs and collectors than true fans mm. so what we try to do I mean the, and, and Aaron knows I mean he's look at the tailgate tour go across the state and, right which is know, great yeah. yeah but you know we also want to make sure and a lot of this is driven by football and what's now, what can we do to make sure we, we want to make sure that we're in a position to win championships? And so I, I, I think this goes back to kind of our conversation that we were saying about hard knocks, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is a certain amount of access that you get mm-hmm. on hard knocks. There's a certain amount of access that you get during training camp. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought that there is a decent amount of access that us as Packer fans, we get to train camp. Yeah, we get to see things happening. We get to see, yeah, they're just kind of doing basic drills, like mm-hmm. guys running into the end zone, catching a ball mm-hmm. from whatever quarterback. Uh, I don't know. Rodgers would throw a ball into the net in the corner of the field. Like mm-hmm. It was just kind of like a fun time, whatever. Whatever. I don't right. know. What's been your experience with various teams and... I don't know, the access that they allow yeah. to their fans. Well, I know, like, yeah, so each team is different. Usually there's, like, a handful of open practices. And usually on the open practice days, like, from a team perspective, if you're really relaxed, like, which it sounds like, I guess, Green Bay has been relaxed for years. Mm-hmm. If you're really relaxed, usually the team will just, like, it's not a real practice. Like, we're not really running all our plays. We're not running the install that we just put in in meetings, you know, this morning or whatever the case is. We're kind of just going through, like, almost like a lighter day. Like, like I know in uh, in Carolina, one of our fan days was on – it was purposely after a day we had a scrimmage. 
so that this practice was a little more relaxed for us, just for our bodies. So, like, it wasn't going to show the fans too much. And you worry about that because, like, you know, even in something as innocent as just recording practice on your phone and posting it on the Internet, like, a team could use that, like, for sure. They can use that against you. Like, at the end of the day, you're a Packer fan because of the football. And if the football is better, you're going to still be a Packers fan. You're still going to try to show up to any and everything that's going on. I think a little bit of it as well is just like now they're entering a stage where you got a new young quarterback that's going to be the starter for your team. You don't want him to go out there and mess around, have a bad day or whatever the case. And he's got to, you know, he's got to hear about this all, you know, in any type of press conference he does. Or even if he gets on Twitter or Instagram or something, he just sees himself and people are trying to tell him how much he sucks or whatever the case is. So, like, that could be a part of it. But, no, I think it's – I think that it's wild that, you know, you were able to go to every practice. I know my brother was in uh, Baltimore when he was playing, and I used to go visit him when I was playing here, you know, right before we started camp. And, mm-hmm. you know, their kind of rule was you couldn't you couldn't take your phone out of your pocket. Fans couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't take your phone out your pocket because they did a real what? they did a real practice. Like it was a real practice. You showed up to like a real training camp practice, and essentially it was like if you take your phone out your pocket, where like while practice is going on. When practice is over, like, mm-hmm. you can take pictures with guys or, you know, people will come over, the players will come over, you can take pictures with them or, like, you can take pictures of the players once, like, practice ends. But they had, like, security everywhere and, like, if you pulled your phone out, they would come up to you and, you know, ask you to, you know, show them your pictures and your, like, recent messages or whatever just to make sure you're not, like... What? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, think about it, like... Well, how many people was it, like, close to? Do you have any idea? Because <sighs> nah, there's no way that there could be a thousand people idea. there. I don't know if it was a thousand. I, it was definitely a few hundred, though. It was definitely a few hundred. There was a lot of security there, so... But the thing is, like, if you think about it, like... You know, I know many people don't think of it like this, but this is the truth, like... Even something as simple as if I'm, uh, let me see, uh, Christian Watson, right, and we're doing one-on-ones and he's working some new technique, you know, recording that and posting that, you know, that's something that could help Mm -hmm. out, you know, the Bears corners, whatever. Like, you're looking to find any type of edge you could possibly get. If you find out, like, oh, he's getting really good at this, obviously, because he's beating Jair Alexander with it, who's one of the better corners in the league, like – okay, this is going to be his go-to move or whatever the case is. This is how he's going to get off press. Like, little stuff like that is something that people don't think about. Mm -hmm. But, like, everybody's looking for that competitive edge, and that's real. Do you – so the competitive edge. Do you think – I mean, that's part of it. Do you think that it's a coincidence that this is happening when it's Jordan Love's first year of actually being the starter for the Green Bay Packers? Oh, no. That's definitely part of it. That's Like I said, like part of it is to try to protect him, too. Try to keep some of the outside noise away from him. Like, like you don't want, like, if he just has an off day, which, like, people have, especially in, like, camp and practices, just period, you might have an off day. And, like, you don't want that to be what, like, kills his confidence or something like that. So I get it. I get it. I tr- Trust me, I completely get it. I didn't know that you had that much access as a Green Bay Packers fan. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a little, it's a little wild. Like, you shouldn't be at every practice. 
Well, they do close some down to the public. Oh, okay. There is only certain ones that are open to the public. Like on their, I believe on their training camp schedule, it tells you which ones. Like, I don't even think it says the ones that are closed to the public. I think it just says like training camp practice, and training camp practice. Open. And there's none like on a random Thursday or yeah. whatever. And those are the ones that are closed. Right, Ryan? Like, I believe you're correct. Or at least it's very clear which ones fans can mm-hmm. attend. And they can just sit in the bleachers and sort of watch, like you said. And I don't even... I don't even know if they're allowed to take videos on their phones, things like that. Like when I've been, I have taken videos and pictures, I, but yeah. I have not been sitting no on the gauge. inside ones where there's like bleachers. I've been sitting on the outside, but like you're still only seeing it through a fence. So yeah. like it's not like it's an unobstructed video or a picture, whatever. Yeah. But um, I think this could make for one of our better Iron Jack polls of the day. Would you want the Packers to prioritize fan experience at training camp as just as Packers fans? Or what would you guys call it? Sort of like that. The, the football. The football. Prioritize the football. <laughs> you would be happy if, if Green Bay, you'd be much happier if Green Bay was in the NFC Championship as a result of closing down these practices than if you couldn't see a training camp practice. You really think that closing down or <clears throat> taking these practices more seriously would really contribute to, let's say, this year's Green Bay Packers team being in the NFC Championship game? Oh, Do you no, think that's no, the difference? No. Not necessarily the NFC Championship game, <laughs> but just like, you know, they're like, they're trying to back up their young quarterback. They're mm-hmm. trying to protect him as much as they can and help him out, like little stuff like that. You know, they got a younger team, like fresh faces. They probably want to make sure that at least for this year, like, nobody's saying this is going to be the new norm unless they do mess around and go to the NFC Championship. Then it might be their new norm. But I'm pretty sure as a fan you would take that over not being able to see a training camp practice. Like, you'd rather watch the game than a practice anyway. True. If I'm being – if you're being real. Well, like, well we're going to put on the poll. Iron yeah, Jock poll question. Would you rather have the Green Bay Packers prioritize the fan experience – or mm. the actual football. Yeah. We That's will tough. get that up on the poll on our Twitter at Jim and Matt. And then we're going to play Throwing Stones mm. next. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. I should be dancing the pain away, the pain away. I'm gonna wear my favorite color tonight. Oh my. Religion Hamilton, we are back. Or in brown. Brown or. Or brown. That sounds horrible. Brown or. And we could put like, brown? oh, never mind. Like row the boat? No, I'm not doing that crap. <laughs> I don't even respect that. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Well, my time management is just as bad as Jim Rutledge's. So let's get to throwing stones. Are you on Team Rutledge or Team Hamilton? Team Brown or Team Orr? <laughs> this is the Minute to Win It presented by North and South Seafood and Smokehouse with three locations in Madison, DeForest, and Verona. I think, brown or I think you just picked minute to win it. Instead You're of throwing right. stones. <laughs> Look what I did. I was like, wait. Wow, all right. Well, yeah, we're this gonna, didn't sound like throwing stones. We're just going to. We're doing throwing stones presented quick. by Metro Kia of Madison. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Yeah. It's okay. It happens. Sh- Never mind. I was going to make a bad strofe joke. I'm not going to. 
What was it going to be? It really wasn't a form thing. Every it was just going to hate on Shrew. Oh, that's fine. Like <laughs> so it's time Never a to put them to the test. <laughs> that's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. Well, Molly, your time management has not been great, and neither has my neither has been my producing today. Um, so, speaking of which, do you want to give a shout out to Josh and Matt or Jack in Madison who won? Uh, throw, <laughs> throwback Thursday today as well. Congratulations. Shout Jack. out to you. Congrats Enjoy the Ranch Jack. Rita. Enjoy the Ranch Rita. It's a great, great product from our friends over at Frank Distributing. But it is time to throw some stones presented by Metro Kia, as Molly said. Each and every day, we waste a lot of time scrolling Twitter. No threads. Threads <laughs> is dead. Uh, That's what but I've heard. Leaves me with I've a lot more questions too. than answers. So I bring them here to Molly and Chris today. I'll score those answers throughout. And at the end, we'll crown a winner of throwing stones so the first thing i saw this past week and i really want to get chris's opinion on this so i'll throw to you first but suny a d3 college in new york premiered a new football field that they just painted it's Mm -hmm. an all black field but it also has (laughs) multicolored lines for the number of different sports that are on it so i want to ask you chris is an all black field is that one of the worst things you've seen on a field or would you actually want to play or watch a game played on an all black field chris uh, you have one minute i'd want to play a game there just not in like what's well, in new york so it shouldn't be too hot true i think but new york be, still gets hot yeah August? so like their camp is going to suck if they don't have like a practice facility their camp is going to suck they're going to run through so many cleats they're just going to get melted down. But I think it will be cool to play like a night game on a black turf. The multicolored lines is what's, what's getting me. But a night game on a black turf, that's going to be nice. Like, I like Eastern Washington's red turf, Boise's uh, blue turf. Like, I like that. Yeah, the, the with the multicolored lines, it almost looks like a laser tag. Yeah, yeah, multicolored night, lines looks, is what throws it, it off. Like that's, that ruins 3D. it. Yeah, that ruins yeah, it. Tough. Molly? I'm trying to figure out what sports these lines are for. Uh, I believe the other ones could be for, like, lacrosse or okay. soccer. Just uh, an all-multipurpose turf field. Yeah. Um, You'll know this better than me, but, like, will you even be able to see the ball? Yeah, yeah, you'll be a seatball. On a black field. Yeah, you'll be a seatball. Yeah, the lights, like the lights are bright. It's just like wearing like a dark visor. Yeah, at I night. always think, how do you see the ball? With it's those not things? as it's I not don't... as dark looking out as it is looking in. Okay, well, no, this field looks awful. Um, <laughs> I think it would be blazing hot. You're gonna get those little rubber pebbles yeah, in your shoes. Ugh, no it's thanks. That turf get hot, boy. Ooh, mm-hmm. that turf is hot. I won't say turf is like. 45 degrees hotter than the Whew. temperature outside. Something like Ooh. that. Yeah, and that's yeah. if it's yeah, normal turf, turf color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turf gets hot. Gross. No but thanks. Those games in August are going to be tough. But yes. speaking of August, Hard Knocks is in August. But there's been another show that's captured. And in pa- New York. And in New York. Oh, look at, look at that, Molly. That's another point right there. <laughs> thanks. Um, but there's another show that's captured the attention of many football fans. Quarterback. On mm-hmm. Netflix, I know you got. Have you guys been paying attention? Yeah, uh, a lot of people have been enjoying Kirk Cousins. He's been the league's ultimate dad on this show. Pat Mahomes has appeared to be even more swaggier and competitive than people realized. I think, <laughs> um, but it's got me thinking: What if any other position groups would you want to see a similar series for? Molly, I'll go ahead and start with mm. you. Ooh, hmm. Okay, I haven't watched this yet, so I don't necessarily know all of it, but I understand the premise of the show. Mm -hmm. Offensive linemen would be really cool because they have the most important job on the field, potentially. 
No hate to linebackers or anything. Uh, but they have a very important job protecting the quarterback, especially if you're somebody like Patrick Mahomes' mm-hmm. offensive line. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, Who else would I like to see? Kicker, because I always get the most stress for those people's families. <laughs> I, I always think about it. I would never want to be, like, related to, married to friends with a kicker because I would just feel so much anxiety Pressure. as they're trying mm-hmm. to kick the game-winning field goal. Couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know my answer. It's backers. But <laughs> honestly, it doesn't even necessarily have to be linebackers. I just want them to get – I would love to see them shine some light on uh, players in the working man's NFL. You know, the mm-hmm. NFL I was a part of. Working oh, man's okay. league, man, where you're looking over your shoulder every day walking in there. The show people, guys. Yeah, show people the real stress of that life because, honestly, like, the quarterbacks, even, like, just the stars on every team, that is the 1% of the league. The rest of the league, mm-hmm. you're going to play at multiple teams. You're going to move around a lot. You're not going to be able to say, oh, we're building this house here because I'm going to be a chief forever. You know, like, you don't have that luxury. There's a real, there's a realness to every week. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be here, even if I'm on the 53. Like I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. Whatever the case is, like I would love for them to show like a working man's NFL to show show people that like yeah, like yes, Kirk Cousins, like he's got to be a dad and all of that, but he's got to be a dad with uh, what 230 million in career earnings. Something like, that, Something yeah. like show show these people, show the players that. Have just been on vet minimums their entire mm-hmm. career, you know. Like show that I would love to. See. That I would, would love be this. cool. That'd yeah, be that would that would be cool. That'd Call be fascinating. It. it would show the, it would show the truth because that's the majority of the league. If I'm being real. Now on this show, this quarterback show, do mm-hmm. you see like it, is it just them in the facilities in the games, all that, or is it there? You get to see their home life. You yeah. get to see their family. You it's get to see what they live in. Yeah. yeah, it's a mix of everything. Okay, it'd be interesting just to see like the difference in like housing compared oh, to like wow. the quarterbacks oh, yeah. and like the like you said the guys that are fighting oh, yeah. for their jobs every different. single day. I'll tell you the difference. He's in uh depends. Depends on how many years they've been in the league. You might rent a house or like Airbnb a house just so you can leave when you can or mm-hmm. you're in like a month to month apartment like you know you're not living in like the slums but yeah. you're like you know what I'm saying you're somewhere that you can and usually every team works with some type of apartment complex or something to where it's like yeah if you pay half or the full of next month's rent you can leave today or whatever mm. just because you you got cut or whatever the case is so yeah so a show called practice squad starring chris man Moore. man da, da, da. hey man people will be hey people will be surprised man you'll be shocked i would watch it it'd be a fantastic you'll be shocked. show and one <laughs> other be a good show one other player who i might be interested in watching his own tv show uh at sec media days going on in nashville kentucky linebacker jj weaver he stole the show because he actually has six fingers on his right hand, JJ does. Oh, wow. Two pinkies. <laughs> and he announced a new NIL deal with Nike, of all pl- of all places, for a pair of customized six-finger gloves <laughs> called Perfect Fit. Is this one of the cooler NIL deals you guys have heard of? Or that can is you pretty think cool. of a cooler NIL deal? Chris, I'll start with you. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of NIL deals. Like the dude at uh, Alabama, the Kool-Aid. The corner, Kool-Aid McKinstry. yeah, that's that's just that's just cool to me. And uh, there was a kid, I want to say he's from Louisiana. He went to Nebraska. I think he transferred. Though. Oh, Dakota Crawford. He had an NIL deal with the uh, uh, AC company. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was cool to me. But nah, man, that's dope, man. I wish Nike gave me a glove for my stub finger. To <laughs> you a stub finger? Yeah, not really. A oh bit. God, that thing is so ugly. <laughs> 
Can we hold it up for the camera, Chris? <laughs> it's the claw. Where's no, the it camera? is so gross. Right here, right over here to your left. You can't see it from there. You can't see it, it from there. He right, has we'll like get a close up uh, the claw. He has like no fingernail. Yeah. Like I gotta like clip this and file this down or it hurts. When did that happen? When How I was did a baby. that happen? I was oh. a baby. Now I feel Apparently bad. my dad was holding me and I was playing with the door. <gasps> yeah. And then what? Too little to reattach. No, oh. what happened with the door? How are you playing with the door and all of a sudden half your finger gets <laughs> oh, cut I don't know. off? She's, not, she's worried about the furniture. <laughs> yeah, I got cut crisp. off. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> that is... 11 months. It'd be way cooler if it was like a football injury, but it's I know, not, right? unfortunately. I know, right? I, sometimes I tell people like, yeah, you know, like growing up in Texas, like a rattlesnake got a hold of it. <laughs> I just ripped it off and... That's just what happened. Got stuck on a bull's yeah, horn. Yeah, I was wrestling an alligator, and he nipped me. But you should see him, like little stuff like that. I wrestled an alligator and then clapped lightning. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> I-, I can't even follow up his uh his nasty finger. What would your nil deal be like to fix that? Finger? Yeah, what would it be called? My nil deal. Wait, I don't so know, like, man. wait, did you wear gloves when you were a player? Uh, yeah, not all the time, though. Okay, when you did... (laughs) (laughs) What you about to ask? Did I have a space? Was, like, one finger, like, baggy at the end? Nah, nah, it's not that bad. (laughs) It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Don't let Molly fool y'all into thinking... It's like a solid half inch. Yeah, it's like a... It's just like, look. I have never noticed it before. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I got a wrist and hand trimmer. For the at-home audience, uh, Chris is currently (laughs) trying to file down his stub finger for Molly. Yeah. In the studio. Do you chew that nail? No. God, no. (laughs) Sometimes. All right, I think we all all know who the winner today of Throwing Stones is. It's Chris Orr for his stub finger and for giving us one of the best... TV show ideas for the NFL. That's a great show. That's they, a great idea. They gotta pick the coin. Up it. They gotta do it. But you know they don't want to do anything unless it's like a star. But like my thing is like you got the NFL Shield backing you, so people are gonna watch. Mm-hmm. True. So like you should give them like the realness of the league. Like, people awesome. don't know. People don't know about it. I'm like, bro, yeah, you're living the dream. But this dream is stressful sometimes, bro. <laughs> like, you don't, especially, man, you got family at the house, man. You got to come home and tell your wife, I got fired today. We got to move. Not even, because you're probably somewhere that you didn't grow up. You don't really have that many connections, you know what I mean? Because you're not, like, the star of the team or whatever. So you got to come home and say, like, we got to move, bro. We got to start packing up. I will say, yeah, Tim, Tim from Mount Horeb also had a great idea. He said he wants to see trashy reality show based on long snappers, Real Ooh. Housewives of Love and Hip Hop, but about long snappers. That would be amazing. Oh, no, it wouldn't. Well, do you guys no, know? I promise you, you wouldn't. They got <laughs> long <laughs> snappers. Nah, they're not stressing, man. Do you guys know that there was a reality show about wags? Do you know what a wag is? No. A wag? Wives and girlfriends of professional athletes. It used to be on E! It was called Wags, and it would, follow, it would follow the wives and girlfriends of these different professional athletes. And some of them were, I think one of them actually was like Julius Peppers and his like wife or girlfriend at the time. Yeah. yeah. That had like kids together, I think. Yeah. She was on the show. But like otherwise, everybody else was kind of just like, no, like no offense, but like nobody players. Yeah. Like it wasn't like any yeah, of them yeah, were yeah. Patrick Mahomes, like yeah, anything yeah, like that. Yeah, you're so, not, a, not a star. Yeah. So that was kind of like yeah. a little reality. Yeah. With football. Mm, mm-hmm. I would sign up for that show. I love me some good Real Housewives. <laughs> cool. Anyways, this is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. 
You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Again, my time management, not great. Not great. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, we had a good time talking about your finger. I touched your claw in the yeah. break. It's kind of weird. I know. The claw. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> but, Chris, you came in hot mm-hmm. today. Just rolling into the ESPN Madison office. Mm-hmm. Hot. Saying running backs need to get paid. Running backs yes. are so undervalued. Yes. Tell us about it. Well, for starters, everybody thinks that, uh, oh, you just draft another one and replace them. Like, you just tell me how many tell me how many of those guys have panned out. Like, tell me how they've panned out. Everybody brings up Isaiah Pacheco with the Chiefs and then somehow forget that they have the best quarterback and tight end in the league and a couple of the best offensive linemen in the league. Um, if you look at Jonathan Taylor with the Colts, there's a st- statistic that if he didn't rush for 100 yards, they didn't win a game. I want to say that was in Crazy. like his first two seasons. They didn't win a game if he didn't rush for 100 yards. So you tell me how valuable he is to that organization. Nobody's saying like, oh, they need to be paid like quarterbacks. Like Nobody's saying that. But you should pay them for what their value is to the team. That's what, that's what contract negotiations are all about anyway. Like nobody's saying, oh, like they should be making – Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes money. Like that's not the argument. The argument is they should be paid based on what their value is to your team. Like if if Saquon Barkley was on the Chiefs, mm-hmm. he probably knew he wasn't going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And he probably would have taken the franchise tag. But he's not. He's mm-hmm. been carrying the Giants offense and trying to drag Daniel Jones along, which is like understandable. And like people think that uh old running backs are just in there to like run the ball. Like, that's the thing that, that that's probably really ridiculous is that you're not just in there to run the ball. If you can run the ball and you're a dynamic runner, then it's another aspect of the game. That's probably, like, obviously it's their number one job. But they're also valuable receivers. Like, Christian McCaffrey was one of the last 3,000-yard receivers for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't know that. Um well, look at them. Look at the team he was on last year exactly. with the 49ers exactly. having Purdy exactly. as the quarterback. Exactly. Like, Purdy would not have been the quarterback that everybody mm-hmm. was so hyped up to talk about yes. without a Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. Literally, people are going into that game saying, we need to stop the run. All of their runs with all of their different dynamic playmakers, we need to focus on McCaffrey. And then Purdy surprises you because the play action game is working. Mm-hmm. So now he can throw the ball freely. You know, everybody's not keened in on him. They're not throwing as many pressures at him because they have to worry about the run. So, like, yeah, stuff like that is what, what makes it ridiculous. And, like, uh, outside of last year, I want to say, like, no team without a dynamic runner, you know, has won really the Super Bowl. Like, LeGarrette Blunt helped New England win their Super Bowl. James White, mm-hmm. you know, another Badger. Yeah. Corey, Corey Clement and LeGarrette Blunt with the uh, Eagles when they beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not act like you can just win with any Joe Schmo running back. Yeah, and you bring up Badger running backs, former mm-hmm. Badgers. Uh, one of them, Melvin Gordon, appeared on Willie and Tausch last week where he said that he would choose a different position if he could choose it again. Mm. Oh. 
Oh man, I play a different position. I, I, you know, if I'm I'm blessed enough to have a son, don't even ask me to play running back. <laughs> You're not playing. You know, go play baseball or something. Go figure this out. You know, you better chance stay in school, try to get your education, do that regardless. But running back is out the question. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get where the narrative. I mean, I know where the narrative came from. I think it all started when Le'Veon Bell sat out for the Steelers, and then they drafted James Conner, and they felt like it wasn't that much of a, a difference in their um, performance. But, like, you're not going to make up for an all-pro runner. You're not going to make up for a league leader rushing the ball. Like, people think that, oh, the NFL is such a pass-happy league, but the number one offenses have also been number one in rushing. Now, they, they all do it in different ways, but the number one offense in the league the last few years – Excuse me. They've had also the number one Russian offense. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to say a couple years ago, it was the Ravens. And, like, even though, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you had Lamar as well, but they were the number one offense statistically, and it was because they ran the ball the best. Mm-hmm. And who runs the ball majority of the time? The running back. So you need a running back. You need them. You also need them in pass pro. You need them to help protect your quarterback. You want to protect your quarterback, you need a running back in there because – if I'm being completely honest with you, running backs aren't necessarily the best in pass pro, but they're better than some tight end. Putting a tight end back there to protect, they're better than putting a fullback back there to protect because mm-hmm. they're athletic and they're strong enough to do it. Like, oh, man, there's so many different dynamics into the game that people don't even understand. They're a mismatch nightmare in coverage. Like, they should be faster than the majority of linebackers. There's a reason why – there's a reason why the linebacker position has changed, and it's because running backs are becoming better receivers. So now they're like, okay, we need our run- our linebackers to be able to run like running backs. Like they they're literally responsible for changing the way linebackers are now. And then if you watch the league, if you watch the league now, football goes in cycles. It was a pass happy league, yes, but the fo- the NFL is going back to running the ball. If you if you pay attention to these games. The teams that are running the ball most efficiently, which has always been the case in football, usually win the game. That's usually how it works. And well, but then you need a running back for that. How about the Chiefs, though? I mean, the team that just won the Super Bowl, like yeah, but <laughs> they have why? an outlier of a quarterback. True. Obviously, they have an outlier at quarterback one. But then two, what what was hurting the Eagles the most in that Super Bowl game? Mm-hmm. Isaiah Pacheco him running the ball because the Chiefs are like, okay, we're going to be balanced. We're not just going to let you sit and play coverage all day because you're worried about Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes killing you. Us running the ball and getting these 10 to 12-yard spurts or 6 to 12-yard spurts are going to hurt you. Like, that's going to hurt you at the end of the day. Like, when you get down on the goal line, it's so so much harder to throw the ball. You would much rather be able to run the ball in. Like, you need a, a powerful back to do that. The Las Vegas Raiders this year, their success came from running behind Josh Jacobs. Like, literally, they lose some games without him. They lose to the Seahawks in overtime without him. Like, their play-action game doesn't work the scheme that they want to run. They need to be able to run the ball in order to have that. Even with the even the Chiefs still, they still run the ball. They're just doing it in different ways. Like, a, a shovel pass is a run. Like, it goes down on the a, on a stat sheet as a pass, or even a jet sweep when they just touch it and push it forward. That goes down on a stat sheet as a pass, but that is a run. Mm-hmm. Like, some a, a lot of stuff are extensions of the run game. 
which is what people don't understand. And if you don't have a valuable back back there, you're not threatening the defense at all. So I can just sit in coverage all day and not care. I don't care about you running the ball a little bit because the only way you can beat us is through the air. Now we make you one-dimensional. Now we get to go hit your quarterback, bring all these different blitzes. Like, oh, man. Love it's, it. I can go on for days. No, you can You, you can continue. Trust me, you're back tomorrow, so it's okay. <laughs> we, we can get more into this. But I love getting into the mind of Chris Orr. But I do want to talk about the dynamic Green Bay Packers mm. running backs as well. We'll get into that a little bit coming up next. So this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Chris, do you know this song? Oh, of course I know this song. Ryan you know this didn't song? know this song until yesterday when I told my youth. Not until it. yesterday. Until Molly told me about it. No. Wow. You're a few years late. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm years I'm, old. I'm about 10 years late to just about every popular song. <laughs> trust me. I hope you have the clean version playing. This is the clean version. I okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. smarter than that. All right. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a tough day back here in, behind the glass, but I'm, I'm better than that, Molly. Well, <laughs> so Chris was just giving me a full on detail of mm-hmm. different defenses. Single high safety, all that good stuff. And Ryan came in here and said, hey, this would be a really great thing to talk about tomorrow because Mm -hmm. I have made it my mission to actually really, really learn football, be able to Mm -hmm. see it before things happen. Like, I want to be the Tony Romo of ESPN Madison. (laughs) See, the the thing about Tony Romo, he knows that He's been in all these different uh, offenses and schemes, so he he can understand what's coming offensively. And he played for so long, so he knows how defenses attack those. Mm-hmm. And myself, I'm just on the opposite side of that. I understand you understand defense once you get a base level of understanding one side of the ball. You understand the weakness, the weak spot in each one. Every every offensive play and every defensive play has some type of weak spot, and, and somebody has the hard hat on every play. So, like, sometimes it could be like, hey, this corner, you are by yourself over here on whatever receiver this is. You have no safety help, no underneath help. You're by yourself. He has the hard hat. And that's the weakness of that defense, and that's where our offense is probably going to attack. A good quarterback will see that through his progression and go and go there. Do you think Jordan Loves will be able to see that? Yeah, he should be able to see it. He'll be able to see it. The thing is, is like, will he be able to see it fast enough? Hmm. That's the other part because now you got somebody – coming to take your head off Mm -hmm. and you probably have like two and a half to three seconds to get the ball off Ooh, well we'll talk more about that Mm -hmm. tomorrow because we're back in tomorrow this has been rutledge and hamilton presented by coors light